Come on, let's magnify the Lord all over the building. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Remain standing for the reading of the word of the Lord today. It is so good to be home. Amen. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed my time away with family and, and friends with quizzing and North American Youth Congress. So powerful. Watching nearly 40,000 people worship God with exuberance and excitement. It's the best hour. It's just going to keep on growing. I'm telling you, the church of Jesus Christ. There's nothing like the church. I mean, no, there's nothing like the church. It's powerful. It's powerful what God is doing. Amen. Amen. Turn to a few people around you and say, this is the best days. This is the best days. Amen. Look what the Lord has done. Amen. 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 The book of Ezekiel chapter 37, verse, verse 3. This past week, the earlier in the part of the week, God dealt with me what to preach this morning. And um, really feel strong about what the Lord's going to do in the next few moments. We need to be open to what the Lord is speaking. God has a word for this church. Amen. Look at somebody near you and say, you are not here by accident. Might as well prophesy to him and tell him to say, you're going to leave different than the way you came. Amen. Well, let's talk about it. You're going to be happier than you've ever been. Come on, turn around to somebody and tell them. I, you're going to be happier than you've ever been. You know, the devil's been lying to some of you. It's never going to get better. It's always going to be this way. But I just feel because I've been talking to Jesus that he's about to turn it around in your life. He's about to turn it around. Amen. Now look at your neighbor and say, the devil's had a bad day. <laughs> and you're about to have a good one. <laughs> oh, if you believe it, lay your Bibles down and clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm gonna praise his name. He saved me just the same. I'm gonna praise him. Help me to praise him. Oh, look what the Lord has done. Somebody shout hallelujah. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Oh, he healed my body. He touched my mind. Oh, he saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name. Oh, he saved me. situation shout hallelujah I'm no longer bound no longer in trouble no longer have to look over your shoulder you know why because God took care of my past he's in my present and he's fixed my future somebody shout hallelujah amen amen Ezekiel 37 and 3 says and he said unto me son of man can these bones live. He's looking at a valley, not of just bones, but the valley of dry bones. It seems hopeless. They say in verse 11, jump to verse 11. Then he said unto me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. 
Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. We are separated. Therefore, prophesy and say unto them, thus saith the Lord, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Oh, let there be an amen in the building. We look and it says in verse nine, then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus said the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied. Somebody shout, so I prophesied. If you only knew what was in your mouth right now, the word is nigh thee. Even in thy mouth, it's the word of faith which we preach. Look at your neighbor and say, life is in your tongue. Life is in your tongue. Do you believe that? So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them. Somebody shouted and they lived and stood up upon their feet and exceeding great army. I like to preach what the Lord has given me somewhere in the earlier part of the last week on simply speak to the wind. Speak to the wind. Lift your hands right now all over the building. The Bible said lift your heart with your hands, God. In you we live, we breathe, and we have our being. In you is life. And you give life. And that more abundantly. I'm asking you, God, to move upon this congregation today. Lord of every believer and everybody that's not a believer, I pray that they will walk out of here believing and knowing that you are God. In Jesus' name we pray. Oh, clap your hands again before you're seated and thank you for his word. You may be seated. It was God that made man. We were created in the image of God. We were made by God, the hand of God. When you look at the scripture, the Lord himself rolled up his sleeve put his hands down in the earth into the clay and he formed man. Do you believe that? He formed man from the dust of the ground and man is laying there, Adam is laying there like a corpse. The heart's not beating. The lungs are not pumping oxygen. His hands Adam is formed by God, but he's not alive until he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the scripture says, and man became a living soul. The breath of God brings to life to us. Can you say hallelujah? It's when God breathed that life came into him and his heart began to beat and his lungs began to pump and his eyes began to see and his ears began to hear and his mouth began to speak. Why? Because his life had come from the breath of God. The word spirit and the word breath are interchangeable really. 
when the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters in creation, it meant that God breathed, meaning it came from God, breathed upon the waters, and God began to bring creation. We need the breath of God in our life. We need the Spirit of God to be upon us. Amen. I don't want to be a dead man walking. I need his spirit. I need him breathing upon me. Do you believe that today? We need the breath of God. Somebody shout, we need the breath of God. When you begin to look at the word of the Lord, you find situations where where Elijah and Elisha both had a similar miracle. The boy was dead. And they laid upon the boy and began to pray. And when it did, God moved upon the boy. One time, he sneezed seven times. His heart began to beat. His lungs began to pump. Warmness came to his body when he came alive. I knew a man one time by the name of Fred Gill. Fred Gill was was a powerful man of God. I believe he's probably been here many, many years ago, several decades ago. He's he's passed on now in his elder age. But Fred Gill was fishing. He and his son Tim and his other son were there and and they were fishing and his son drowned in the lake. He, when he pulled his boy from the water, he sat beside him because I guess help was a long ways away. A man of faith, he began to pray. He did everything he knew to do. Could not get life in that boy, so he started praying. And I remember him telling the story. He said, I remember after about an hour of seeking God, he said, my son's body became warm again and I begin to hear the heartbeat of my son. He prayed him. He's still alive today. That's been decades ago because when we pray and the breath of God begins to breathe, do you believe that? You see, what you have to understand here today is God knows everything about each of us. The Spirit, the Scripture says that that that. For we have a high priest who is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Therefore, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He knows our weaknesses and he knows what we need. That's why the Bible says at Calvary, he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes, We are healed. You have to understand that the purpose of the cross was to not leave you the way he finds you. All of us have weaknesses and infirmities and sins and mistakes and failures and flaws. But when Jesus walks into the room, he comes in with everything that you need to be made whole. He's able to heal you of cancer. He's able to heal your diabetes. Come on, do you believe that? He's able to heal your maimed situation, but you've got to believe it. You've got to believe that he can turn it around. When God walks into the room, it's like a wind that comes into the room. Jesus is not gonna walk into this room in human flesh again. He's gonna gonna be here by the moving of his spirit. The Bible says on the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place like we are today, and suddenly there come a sound from heaven as of a rushing, mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. I have grown up in this. I'm not talking about just religious routines. I'm not talking about just church traditions. Amen, I've lost count in 41 years now of my life of watching the Spirit of the Lord move among us. Look over and people start weeping. People start crying. See, people go, whoo, whoo. I know in some circles that would be mocked but we understand that they are feeling the presence of God. My grandmother, my grandmother would sit, I would sit on the second row, I was sitting on the second row with her, she would sit on the end chair, I'd sit right behind her, my mother would sit right behind her. My mom, if I wasn't paying attention, she'd flick me on the back of the ears. That's why they stick out a little bit. She'd flick me on the back of the ears. 
I wasn't paying attention. I sat beside my grandmother. But sitting beside my grandmother was a great blessing. My, my grandmother had come from another denomination that did not believe in the necessarily, well, she said at one point they did, and they got up and said, we don't want, we don't want any more dancing in the spirit. We don't want any more exuberant worship. We need to be reserved. She said, when that happened, she said, chaos broke out in the church. The young people left, and she said, and adultery moved into the church. When they took the move of the spirit out of the church, she said, chaos broke out in the church. That's why she told me. And later, she was introduced to Pentecost, and my mother had been gone, and she came, and what she was missing, she found at the church. A move of the Spirit. She ran to the altar and sought God and God filled her with His Spirit. She began to speak in a heavenly language as God gave her the ability to speak. Very, very powerful situation. And I would sit beside my grandmother in church. She had that big white hair that my mom would fix every Saturday. She only needed it fixed once a week. I mean, they should have had stock and hairspray. I'm not talking about the slick look. She had the big hair. How did she keep it looking like that for a week, you know and she would sit beside me in church. And when the Lord would start moving, you see, we believe in praising with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. We believe it's okay in church to clap your hands as the scripture tells us. Come on, if they can do it at a football game, we ought to be able to clap our hands for the blood and the cross and praising him. The Bible says clap your hands, all you people. Solomon said, lift your heart with your hands. And they would have wave offerings in scripture where they would wave their hands to the Lord as an act of surrender and an act of worship. They would. David danced before the Lord. That's right. The Bible says to leap for joy. Church is an emotional place. God baptized you when you were born with emotions. That's why when you came out of the womb, you came out crying. Emotions that God has given us. You don't believe you have emotions? Tell your kid no. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. Let's talk about this for a minute. Emotions are of God. And they were primarily made to be spent in worship on him. The Bible talks about weeping and crying. It talks about joy and, and gladness. And, and we've got to understand that the house of God is a place where we pour our emotions on. Whether it's exuberance or sadness or gladness, we ought to pour our emotions on God. Do you believe that today? Let's just stay here for a minute. It's, it's not the will of God. You spend all of your emotions on some soap opera. Like I heard this week, heard this week, he said, uh, Brother Tuttle was preaching and he made a statement. He said, here, here people are, they're weeping over some movie of somebody that got divorced and those people aren't even married. Spend their emotions on things that aren't even real. Then we come to the church and we can't weep over the cross. We can't get excited about salvation. That is not the will of God. We should be moved by his presence. It should stir something with inside of us when God begins to move. We ought to be moved when the Lord is moving among us. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. And my grandmother, when they would start singing those old songs, Mimi Johnson, I could hear, she sounded like a pressure cooker. It didn't, it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't get any quieter. It just kept building. All 90 pounds of her. You know what she was doing? She was responding to the wind. She could feel him moving upon her. And she'd get out in the aisle. She'd dance. She was, looked like she was directing traffic. But she was responding to the presence of God. 
I'm going to tell you, you will respond from your own personality, but there should be a response when God starts moving among us. We don't need to fold our arms on him. We need to respond to him because when the wind begins to blow, it begins to bring life. It begins to bring hope. It begins to bring peace and healing. Amen. When the wind begins to blow, somebody shout, you can feel the wind. How many's ever felt the presence of God? Amen. It's like the wind. You've never seen God, but you're at church today. Because we don't have to see him to believe in him. Peter said, we believe in him in whom we have seen not. But how do we know he's real? Because he's like the wind. You haven't seen the wind, but everybody in this room believes in the wind. You know why? Because when the wind starts blowing, you don't see it, you feel it. You hear it, and you see the effects of it. When God starts moving, you're not gonna see him, but you're gonna feel him, you're gonna hear him, and you're gonna see the difference that he made. And that's what should happen in a church service. The blinded eyes should be open. The deaf ears should be healed. Come on, do you believe that? The hopeless should find hope. The broken should be put back together. That's the purpose of the win. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, we need a move of God. Husbands and wives, I want you to look at each other in the eye and say, we need a move of God. Now look at somebody who's not kin to you and say, we need a move of God. God doesn't start moving for no reason. God comes in with purpose and destiny. Somebody shout, the wind can blow. You may be seated. Something that I am seeing right now, all over North America, but we are seeing it right here locally in Zanesville. When I grew up, we would have missionaries that would come through occasionally. Missionaries would get up and they would talk about what would happen on uh, foreign soil, Africa, Asia, South America, Brazil. They would tell stories of miracles. How many believe in miracles? They would tell stories of one leg shorter than the other growing. And I would think to myself, I wanna see that. They would tell stories of blinded eyes being open. I remember Billy Cole preached a crusade overseas and in the video, you can see a lady with her hand crippled, just like this. I feel a spirit of prophecy coming on me right now. He would preach to hundreds of thousands of people. We're gonna preach to hundreds of thousands of people in this country. You listen to me right now. This is not gonna be done in a corner. He said, when you prophesy, he said, you prophesy to the four winds of the earth. This is bigger than a city. He said, it's gonna come from every part of the world. Come on, it's bigger than Zanesville. It's bigger than a building. Do you believe what I'm preaching to you? The gospel is gonna be preached to hundreds of thousands of people. I believe this church itself will... Amen. Elder Melik, I'm convinced that right here locally, this church will be representing preaching the gospel to hundreds of thousands of people around our nation that are going to come to the Lord. Do you believe that? Amen. Hundreds of thousands of people. And I'm going to go ahead and preach to the church. You better be careful to slip out because the devil's doing everything he can to stop what God's going to do in the last days. He's going to try to destroy you individually. The Bible says there will be a gathering in, but he also says there will be a falling away. Don't you dare respond to the negative emotion that comes from the presence of the enemy. Hopelessness, adultery, fornication, drunkenness, the spirit of the enemy that comes into your world to try to destroy you. Do not dare follow the nature of the enemy. But you need to stand up and say, you're not getting my soul. I'm gonna stay in the church. I'm gonna live for God. Come on, don't you respond to what the devil's trying to do. God's trying to bring you together. Somebody say amen. In the end time, there will be spirits spirits that are, are loosed upon the earth. There really is. 
Spirits of addiction, spirits of fear, spirits of bondage, spirits of lust. And if we're not careful, you'll respond to the demise of the intent of Satan. That's destroying this world with immorality. Hollywood is a mess. That's why I don't watch it. It's a mess. It is, it is polluted with immorality. Young people, you don't need it either. It matters what video games you play, music you listen to. Come on, the Bible says give no place to the devil. Man, I feel the anointing of the Lord upon me. Don't you be a part of the falling away. The Bible says in the last days, even the very elect will be deceived. Don't you allow the enemy in your life. You know what you need to do? You need to start every day upon your knees saying, God, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. For thine is the kingdom. Deliver me from temptation. Amen. Protect our family from temptation. I want everybody to shout, protect us from temptation. And deliver us from evil. Do you believe God can do that? Then you need to start your day praying. Start your day seeking the Lord. With Nehemiah, there will be a falling away. And I've watched it locally. But I'm not going to allow the falling away to keep my eyes upon the gathering in. There is a massive gathering, a harvest of hungry people that says, I don't want to be in the world anymore. I don't want to be addicted to meth anymore, marijuana anymore, come on, pornography anymore, illicit sexuality anymore. I don't want that anymore. I want to be freed from my mind. I come to tell you the wind is blowing here today, and he can set you free from everything the enemy's tried to destroy you with. Oh, clap your hands, everybody. Amen. Oh, shout amen. I wish everybody would jump to your feet and clap your hands and shout hallelujah. There's a gathering. There's a gathering. There is a gathering. Hallelujah. Amen. Any of those who are watching by way of the web, there's a move of God even in your home. On vacation. Wherever you are, there's a move of God. You may be seated. God's doing something locally that we used to see globally. Blinded eyes open, the deaf ear open. And I began to see, not too long ago, those things begin to happen locally. I prayed for a person one time. They were deaf. Didn't realize it. I just reached over and said, in the name of Jesus. And their deaf ear was opened. There was no fancy prayer. I didn't, I didn't speak in King James Version. Thou shalt be healed. I just said, Jesus, would you touch this person? Withered hand. Watch the guy standing right there. Danny Wells was with me. There was a guy standing right here a few years ago. And I remember seeing Billy Cole preach, and I watched that withered hand. You could see it on the video. When he reached to the crowd and just touched her, that withered hand said, just like that. Because God's a healer. I realize we have diagnoses of things that, that comes upon our body, but that's not the report that you have to receive. A greater than Solomon is here, the Bible says. Come on, do you believe that? We're not in here by ourselves. The presence of God is here. The holy angels of the Lord are in this room. You just can't see them. They're here. Sawyer, when I saw that many years ago on the video, I said, I want to see that. I believe that, and I want to see it. I watched a guy here locally, came and stood right here. His hand was drawn like this. And I went over to him to pray him, to pray with him. And I said, I'm going to pray for you. Lift your hands to the Lord, and I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. When I said, in the name of Jesus, he couldn't even lift his arm. He was crippled. The guy with him reached over and lifted his arm, and on the way up, 
stood right there, was healed. This is how he left the building. He walked out of here carrying his Bible. You know why? Because there is a king that's in the room that's the ruler of the whole earth. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And no matter what the devil's done to you, he has greater authority than the enemy that's been in your life. Somebody shout hallelujah. Just a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, uh, just a couple months ago, standing right here, a lady came to me. And I'd always heard that globally about people's legs growing. She stood here. She'd been crippled for many, many years. Says something happened to her at age five and and uh, she was almost like Mephibosheth or something, but there, there, there was a, a crippled. I said, I said, what's wrong? And she said, I have such pain in my body I have since I was five years old. And I said, what's wrong with you? She said, one leg is shorter than the other. She stood right there. She's from Crooksville. You can ask her. And uh, I said, well, let's pray for you. I, I didn't say anything fancy. I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Just like that. I stopped praying. I can't say I felt anything greater. The Lord was already moving. And I looked at her. I said, are you healed? I stopped her. I said, are you healed? She said, well, uh, you know, there's no pain in my body. I said, that's great. Did it heal your foot? Did it heal your leg? She said, I have to take my shoe off to see. I said, take your shoe off. We're right there. She slipped her shoe off. She said, it's gone. It's healed. It's healed. Amen. It's when the wind begins to blow. I'm not talking about just going to church and just becoming a Christian and joining the local assembly. That's not what I'm talking about. We don't have any church membership cards for you to sign here today. What I come to tell you is when you have a need, you have a God. And if you will believe, he will heal. He will set free. He will deliver. I don't care how long the situation is. God can fix it. Amen. What God was doing globally, we see him doing locally. That's the truth. I prayed for a man right here one time. In the name of Jesus, I said, God, would you touch this man? I didn't know anything about him. I told it a few weeks ago, but you know what? I've read parables more than one time. When he turned around, he told me later, he said, I had to take my glasses off because when I opened my eyes, my vision was blurry. He said, because when you said the name of Jesus... God healed my eyes and I no longer needed glasses. It's not in me. I'm just a believer. And I know the physician. <laughs> hey man, I'm going to tell you what I feel here right now. I believe there will be miracles that happen in this service this morning. Because some of you are here are under bondage and the devil's done everything he can to destroy you individually. And it started in the mind. But I speak against every curse. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bind every curse, every influence of the enemy. Come on, close your eyes right now. I command every curse, every attack, every spirit of bondage that has encompassed you, that has oppressed you, I take authority of it in the name of Jesus. Be freed and be healed in Jesus' name. Come on, the Lord is moving right now upon this congregation. Hallelujah. It is not hopeless and it is not over. God has a plan for your life. Would you shout hallelujah? He said, Ezekiel, I've got to take you somewhere and show you something. Hand of the Lord was upon him. He set him down and he looks down and there's a valley filled of dry bones. You know, that, that's not probably where I want to start a church. Are you hearing me? I don't think if the Lord called me to plant a church, it probably would have been a little bit discouraged when the whole valley's dead. Scattered bones. He said, Ezekiel, look at that valley of dry bones. I got a question for you, preacher. Can these bones live? <laughs> He's a smart preacher. He said, Thou knowest. God, you know. 
Sometimes it's hard for us to look at hopeless things and see any life. But we need to be smart enough to know that God knows the future. Oh, I feel something so strong in the Holy Ghost. Some of you are emotionally dead in this room. You can't feel anything. You've got muscles on your bones. You got a brain in your head. You got clothes on your body. You have enough knowledge to get through life, but you're zero emotions. You're dead emotionally. Dead. Can't feel love for family members. You can't feel passion for life. And you feel hopeless and that it's over. And the Lord would speak to me today, looking across this congregation, dealing with a few of you in the room, and would say to me, can they live? But I feel the word of the Lord in my mouth. The devil tried to demoralize you through attacks of the enemy. It is said that the valley of dry bones happened in a battle and that they had destroyed these people in a battle and that they piled up those bones on each side causing a, 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 an aisle between the bodies of the, of, of the Israelites that had died. And they would march those army members down there for the cross. They would march them in the middle of the heaped piles of dead bodies with the smell of death and stench. And they would watch them come in with their head up. But by the time they got to the end of the heaved, two, two heaped piles of bones, they would be so demoralized because the only thing on each side of them was death and hopelessness. And if their head was up, they would kill them. If their head was down, they would let them go. The purpose of having chaos and death and hopelessness on each side was to make them think it's never going to get any better. And the enemy, if we're not careful, you'll be confused by the news. Bad news. My God, I feel this right now. Hollywood producing everything that is that is, uh, uh, that is demoralizing the church and making the church think that there's no hope. You better understand, the world, yes, has sin in it, but the church has never been greater. Making you feel hopeless. Making you feel it cannot ever be any better. And they said if the head was lifted, they would kill them and throw them into a pile. Their goal was to discourage everybody that was in the kingdom. But I come to tell you, I feel the Lord upon me right now so strong. He comes at a later point and sees a valley of dry bones and says, Hey, preacher, can these bones live? He said, Thou knowest. He said, Well, here's what I want you to do. He said, Prophesy upon these bones and send them. Oh, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, Open your ears. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, listen to what he's going to say. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Some of you in this room, your family situation seems dead, but these bones are going to live again. Amen. It seems over, but it's going to live again. Come on, if you believe that, shout amen. He said, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. Shake your neighbor's arm a little bit. Shake somebody near you. Tell them to smile at you. Amen. There was a shaking that was going on. There was a, a noise. And there was a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. It had been bad.
mad if the bones came together and you were a short man and you got a long man's leg. God knew the DNA of who they were. God knew the fingerprint in which they had had. They didn't get somebody else's toe or somebody else's shin. No, bone came to bone. That man that was pulled apart in many different pieces and places, it came together as he was when he was created. My, I feel like preaching. What seemingly was displaced and removed Never be able to put back together again. I'm going to tell you what I'm preaching. God's going to put families back together again. I'm going to ask you, can these bones live? Or have you given up? Or am I preaching to some believers that can jump to your feet and say it's coming back together? What the devil meant for bad, God is going to bring good out of it. It's not over yet. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, it's not over. And some of you, under the sound of my voice, dead emotionally, I come to tell you God's about to breathe life in to you. I was attacked by a spirit once. It was a real deal. Just remain standing. It was a real deal. Emotionally was numb. I could only feel God in the pulpit when I was ministering to people. It was a battle for over a year. But you know what? On one service, Brother Nutter, the preacher preached about faith, about God. Brother Nehemiah, you were standing right beside of me in Alexandria, Louisiana. Everything I'd battled. I told my brother, maybe I'm just going to have to drag emotionally dead for the rest of my life. Maybe this is my cross to bear. But when I got there that night, the preacher started preaching about what God can do. And faith, I started believing. When I lifted my hands, in one moment, everything the enemy had taken from me emotionally, God baptized me to the full, and my cup began to run over. That's the truth. Hallelujah. I told somebody yesterday, I said, I am so full. Hey, bring me one of those water bottles. Do you believe you can be emotionally filled again? Fill that up. Fill it, fill it up. Oh, no, don't, don't. Fill it up. Fill it up. Look at that. That's how I feel right now. I used to feel empty. I feel so full right now. If you lean me to the left or right, tears going to come out of my eyes. My cup runneth over. Don't you listen to the lie of the devil that says you'll never have joy. You'll never have peace. You'll never feel love again for those that you love. I've come to tell you, the devil is a liar and God it has a word of life for you today. Amen, amen, amen. He said, prophesy. Tell them that they're going to live. Come on. Don't you quit. Don't you stop. And don't you walk away. Live. Live. You're not lost and it's not over. Live. Somebody shout live. Lay your hand on your neighbor's shoulder right now. Everybody in the room, lay your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. And I want you to begin to speak life into them. I prophesy. I prophesy. I prophesy life. Come on, pray in English all over this building. I prophesy life. You don't have to be bound 
by insomnia or anxiety. There's life. There's life. Some of you in this room, spirit of suicide came to your life. And you felt as if you'd be better off dead than alive. That was the devil lying to you. There's people, I don't have anybody in mind. There's people here that have been in the hospital because all hope was lost. But the Lord is saying today, can these bones live? And he told me, prophesy. Brother Adam Nelson, while I was at North American Youth Congress, the preacher there didn't know what I was going to be preaching. I had an apostle, 87 years old, Dan Scott, walk up to me and lean to my ear. He said, when you stand to the pulpit on Sunday, he said, prophesy. So here goes. I'm going to prophesy. And you're going to be healed. Everybody in the room, stand to your feet, lift your hands. I want you to open up to God. Everybody in the room. Everybody in the room. Out of respect for the move of God. Lord, come on, some of you have been numbed. Emotionally, it's why you're making decisions that are destructive. But God said, I don't want anybody praying yet. I just want you to open your spirit. God said, prophesy and they'll live. Before we move on, we need to repent. God, I'm sorry. Come on, everybody in the room. I'm sorry. We're thinking worldly things. Decisions of destruction and loss. Brokenness and division. Oh God. Some of you operate only out of pain because you just want to feel. So you make decisions that are hurtful. Oh not only to you, but others at the sake of just feeling. Tell God I'm sorry. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, God, I open my heart and I open my spirit to what you're going to do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, God, I'm sorry. I want everybody in the room to tell the Lord I'm sorry. Some of you have been so empty ever since you lost a loved one, but I'm telling you, God is going to bring new life into you this morning. Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come, from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. Side to the four winds of this earth. Oh, breath, breathe right now upon this congregation that they may live. Let your spirit move upon them that they can become an exceeding great people. In the name of Jesus, be healed right now. Come on, all over the room as you feel his presence, respond. Hallelujah. Come on, 
when you feel his presence, just begin to respond. healing in this room happening all over this room God's resurrecting emotions in your spirit for your family for your marriage for your children in the name of Jesus some of you family members right now that you know somebody near you needs that miracle come on to the front respond to his spirit there is healing right now is speaking life right now into you. Be healed in Jesus' name. Lord, let there be new life in the marriage. New life in the parent. New life in the child. Let there be joy in the home. Peace in the prayer. Healing in the body. In the name of Jesus. Come on, the breath of God is breathing in this room. The Spirit of the Lord is moving in this room. I surrender, God. I want everybody in the building to stretch your hands this direction in the name of Jesus. It's very critical right now. In the name of Jesus, the hand of the Lord. Breath of God, breathe upon us. Breath of God. Come on, there's a touch of the Lord moving all over the building. Can this bones live? Yes. The enemy tried to destroy the family. 